0: Yesterday I gave you a little bit of an overview about the book of Judges, how this is just a crazy book of lawlessness and violence, but we're still trying to find Jesus Christ in this crazy book here. So I think this book is where you have the phrase divide and conquer, which really is the two major objectives that the children of Israel need to do once they've gotten into the promised land. So first of all, they are to go in and divide the land for inheritances among the tribes. And as you see, they actually did a pretty good job of that. They gave everybody the land that they need and the inheritances in here so they got that. So children of Israel, nice job, check mark on that checklist. They divided. Now they are supposed to go in and conquer the Canaanites, drive them out and establish a people who will love God, who will serve God. So here's where we struggle a little bit. They did great with dividing. Conquering, that's another issue. So we're just kind of kind of bouncing around the first couple chapters of Judges right here. Judges chapter 1, verse 21. It says, the children of Benjamin did not drive out the Jebusites that inhabited Jerusalem. But the Jebusites dwell with the children of Benjamin in Jerusalem unto this day. So they were supposed to go in, to conquer, and drive out. They did not do that. Uh, it keeps going, you go down to 28. Uh, it came to pass when Israel was strong that they put the Canaanites to tribute and did not utterly drive them out. Verse 29, neither did Ephraim drive out the Canaanites. Verse 30, neither did Zebulun drive out the inhabitants of Kitron, inhabitants of Nahal, all of these things. You see a kind of a pattern here in these verses. Verse 32, the Asherites dwelt among the Canaanites, the inhabitants of the land, for they did not drive them out. Now, you go over to chapter 2, verse number 1, it says, an angel of the Lord came up from Gilgal to Boshem and said, "'I made you to go up out of Egypt.'" And have brought you into the land which I swear unto your fathers. And I said, I will never break my covenant with you. Please remember that statement that if there's anybody who's going to break the covenant, I've said this before, it's not going to be God. It's going to be us. He's like, I'm not breaking this covenant at all. Verse 2 is a key element to this whole book. Ye shall make no league with the inhabitants of this land. Ye shall throw down their altars but ye have not obeyed my voice. Why have ye done this? Verse three, wherefore I also said, I will not drive them out from before you, but they shall be as thorns in your sides and their gods shall be a snare unto you. So as we back out here for a second, you see they were supposed to go in and conquer and they were supposed to go in and drive them out. What happens? They're actually just hanging out with them. They're making league with them. Now league means you're you're forming alliances. You're in a league together, right? Um, and so they're forming leagues together with them and Lord said that's not what I wanted you to do you're supposed to go and you're supposed to drive them out and you're supposed to not hang out with these guys Their gods shall be a snare unto you. Those things are going to be the things that are going to trip you guys up. In fact, you're going to see that happening as we keep going in this chapter. You go down to verse number 10. And also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers and said, there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. We've seen this happen in the scriptures many times. You have seen it in the Book of Mormon. Uh, You've seen it where um, there's a group of people raised up who did not know God. God the way their fathers did, which is kind of a scary thing because is that the father's not teaching their children or is that the children not listening or is it a combination of both? All I know is that when you start making league with the inhabitants of this world, it becomes easier and easier not to teach your children about that and it becomes easier and easier for them not to learn those things as well. So it says the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam. Now you go down and they forsook the Lord God of their fathers which brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed after other gods and the gods of the people were round about them and bowed themselves unto them and provoked the Lord to anger. The next verse, verse 13, talks about Baal and Ashtaroth. It's funny, I remember even back in my seminary days, I remember the names Baal and Ashtaroth that my teacher taught me about as we were talking about the gods that the children of Israel worship. Uh, In the Come Follow Me this week, it actually says that Baal was a Canaanite storm god, Ashtaroth was the Canaanite fertility goddess. The worship of these two gods indicates how important fertility of the land and of the people was to the Canaanites. The ways the people worshipped these and other false gods, including, at times, sexual immorality and the sacramental Sacrifice of children were especially offensive to God so that's what they're worshiping as they go into here well you go down to 16 through 19 of this chapter 2 it says nevertheless the Lord raised up judges, which delivered them out of the hand of those that spoiled them. Now, you're going to see a pattern here that is very prevalent in Scripture. It's prevalent in the Book of Mormon. We call it the pride cycle in the Book of Mormon, but in the Old Testament, you see this right here in the Book of Judges. So the Lord raised up judges that delivered them. And then verse 17, and yet they would not hearken unto their judges, but they went, and I've always thought this verb is interesting, a whoring after other gods and bowed themselves unto them, turned quickly out. Out of the way which their fathers walked in, obeying the commandments of the Lord. But they did not so. And when the Lord raised them up, judges, then the Lord was with the judge and delivered them out of the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge for it repented the lord and thank goodness for a footnote there that talks about how the hebrew root means to be sorry moved with pity or have compassion because of their groanings by reason of them that oppressed them and vexed them so the lord is having compassion on them they're changing they're turning to him verse 19 and it came to pass that when the judge was dead that they returned and corrupted themselves more than their fathers and following other gods to serve them and to bow down unto them and cease not from their own doings nor from their stubborn, another word for that is prideful way. So you see this pride cycle where again, the Lord raises up someone to help them out. They're like, thank you for saving us. This is awesome. And then they go back to those things and just keep going through that. And it's a cycle that we've seen through all humanity. You go through and you see it here in the Old Testament you see it in the Book of Mormon, you see it now in our world also. So going back to what the children of Israel needed to do as far as conquering the Canaanites and driving them out and establishing a people who will love and serve God, I think the judges tried, but sadly they did not do that, which that's what we see all through the Old Testament. And sadly, we see it in our lives as well. But I do love that concept of how the Lord will have compassion back to what I shared with you yesterday, how, you know, we keep going through this cycle over and over again in our lives and the Lord is kind. He is merciful and he will work with us if we keep turning to him as we're trying to find jesus christ in the book of judges it's a great place to see it as we turn back to him knowing he is going to keep his covenant he's not breaking his covenant we are the ones who are going to do that and as we show faith in him as we turn to him he's going to save us and i believe that is true